I'm sure I'm a familiar face to many, but for those who haven't met me, my name is Deacon Robert Furch. I was recently ordained to the diaconate on June 4th, 2021, and I have been uh, coming to St. Peter's as part of my responsibilities at the St. Paul Seminary there on the campus near St. Thomas. And for me, it's a joy and an honor to be here, to be able to preach, to be able to assist at Mass. How often do you get two deacons at Mass? That's kind of slick. So like I said, it's an honor for me to be here. I also want to take a moment to welcome any guests or visitors who are worshiping with us today. Thank you for being here, and we hope to see you again. Now in this, my last year of formation at the St. Paul Seminary, I have a unique opportunity to live in a small community of men in a new program the Archdiocese is running, something called a propedeutic year. This is a year where men can come to discern whether or not they want to fully commit to the seminary, and through that discernment become greater disciples of Jesus through their own formation as men and as growth in the spiritual life. And most days, we also have a lot of fun in this propedeutic year, too. I remember just last week, we were standing in the kitchen after a long day of work eating ice cream. Father Hoffman would approve, of course. And we were eating ice cream, and one man looked to another, and he said, I bet you I can eat this pint of ice cream faster than you. The other man says, you're on. Spoons are grabbed. There's a countdown. Three, two, one, go. And the men, you know, eat, eat their ice cream as fast as they can. Apparently, it takes about 20 seconds to eat a pint of ice cream. So, brain freezes all around. I'm struck by one of the things one of the men says to me afterwards. He looks at me and he says, Deacon, that's the thing about men. We can make a competition about anything. And it's true. Men can make a competition about anything. And in so many ways, this is a good thing. I want to affirm this. Scriptures itself even attests in the book of Proverbs, iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens another. Competition can be good in helping us grow in the spiritual life, to grow as Christians, to become be better men and women, all disciples of the Lord by assisting each other to grow in the many dimensions of our Christian faith. However, sometimes competition misses the mark too, and I think this is what the apostles run into in our gospel reading today. The apostles are looking at each other, and Simon Peter pipes up and he says, you know, I think I'm the best of all these apostles here. I'm sure James might have said, no, 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 I think, I think I am. Andrew would have said, well, I want to be at least better than my brother, or whatever, what have you. There's this, this sort of false competition, sort of falsely built on pride as to who is the greatest among them. And Jesus, as usual, turns the world upside down. If anyone wishes to be first, he shall be the last of all and the servant of all. Not this competition to see who's the best of them, 
but to this idea of humility, being humble. And Jesus, of course, is a perfect model of humility. Though he was in the form of God, he did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. He descended to us. He became a man. He was a carpenter for many years before entering into public ministry where he went around Israel with this ragtag group of fishermen and tax collectors. That's a, this God becomes humble enough to be able to do these tasks. Jesus goes so far into submitting to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, into submitting to Pilate and the Romans, undergoes suffering, death, and crucifixion, all as a great act of humility. How was Jesus able to be this humble? How was he able to do this? Jesus is rooted in his identity as a beloved son of the all-loving Father. That is how Jesus is able to be this humble, because he trusts so deeply in the Father's promise that he will be resurrected on the third day. Again, it's worth repeating, Jesus is rooted in his identity as a beloved son of the Father. The good news of all of this is that you and I are invited into that same relationship that Jesus has with the Father. It's not something that can be earned. You can't earn it. You can't get it by winning a competition. You can't get it by eating ice cream the fastest. It's a gift. It's a pure and complete gift that we receive through our baptism. It is through baptism that we are able to become beloved sons and daughters of the Father. In the baptism rite itself, we pray that this child reborn through baptism is now a child of God, for so indeed he is. This child is now a child of God, for so indeed she is. Being rooted in this identity as being a beloved son and, or daughter of the Father brings peace in the world. We no longer have to compete to make myself, you know, look better than someone else, to sort of harbor that false sense of pride. It brings order in this chaotic world. We can find peace within ourselves, just as the apostles eventually find peace within themselves. There's no need for bickering. There's no need for fighting. It orients, orients our life to its true and final destination. As beloved sons and daughters, the Father in heaven is building a home for us in heaven so that we may live eternally with him. How do I grow in my awareness of being a beloved child of the Father? I would recommend a meditation called the particular examine. There's a general examine or an examination of conscience where we look at every aspect of our day and we pray through it. We say, you know, where was I falling short of who Jesus wanted me to be? Or when was Jesus walking with me very closely in this day? A good prayer, this general examination. 
But for this, I think we want to narrow down the focus a little bit, which is where this particular examine, just as the name implies, comes into play. Take some time today, maybe this evening, maybe before next week's Sunday Mass, just five minutes, and ask yourselves, when did I remember, when did I remember and act out of my identity as being a beloved son or daughter of God? And when did I fall short a living as that beloved child? It does not need to be a long meditation, you know, five minutes. That's all it takes is to just sort of reflect on our day, reflect on our week, and see when was I truly aware that I'm a beloved child of the Father. In short, remember who you are. Unlike the apostles, don't let competition for some false notion of greatness get in the way of our true identity as sons and daughters of a loving Father. That is who we are as Christians, and through that knowledge of who we are comes the peace of Christ into the world.